in recognition of the tenuous status of the United City of Jerusalem, JewishWorldReview.com brings you this exclusive audio interview with Jewish music legend Ben Sion Shanker, whose musical career spans more than five decades. Even those unfamiliar with Hebrew love his original compositions, which include some of the Jewish world's most heart-touching and uplifting of songs. Today, you'll hear Yerushalayim Ircha, Jerusalem, Your City, which will present at the end of this exclusive interview conducted by Gabriel Aryeh Sanders. In it, Ben Sion Shanker gives us background insights on some of his best-known songs, including our selection, Yerushalayim Ircha. Here now is Gabriel Sanders. We have the honor of speaking with a legend in Jewish music. It's extraordinary how many of us sing his songs, and some of us don't have a clue who the composer was, who actually wrote these songs. One of the best known, perhaps, would be the melody that we sing to Ashes Chayel. In fact, I'm sitting with Mr. Benzion Schenker. Many of you know his name. Mr. Schenker, welcome. I'm glad to be here. So, you've written a number of songs. Do you know how many you've written? I absolutely, actually, I'm compiling now almost everything I ever wrote. I'm in the midst of it, and that it looks like something around 400 pieces. That's an impressive number. And over what period of time did you compose 400 songs? Well, this goes back actually to 1941. <laughs> so, we're talking about a pretty big span. I would never compose voluminously. In other words, I always tried to do it sort of when I thought it was doing the right thing, not, not just to compose a piece and, that, and then have it thrown away. So most of the time, that's why I, I was not very productive as far as the amount of songs for this period of time. But I think I have many, well, not everything was recorded. In fact, I would say about uh, only about 25% maybe of it has been recorded. Could you take us back to when the melody for Aisha's Chayel came to you? Do you remember what that was like? And and, and were you, that's one question. The second question to follow up is, are you surprised with how it went like wildfire everywhere around the world? Well, let me answer the, answer the first question first. <laughs> it probably was about, I think, 1953 or 54. It was about two or three years after I married my Aisha's Chayel. <laughs> and... Uh, the fact is that we, at home, we never sang anything for Aisha's Chayel. There was no need that we knew of, speaking of my, from my father's house. In fact, I don't know what people did sing for Aisha's Chayel. I don't know what other people have done. But I knew that there was, there was a need for a song for Aisha's Chayel. And it sort of came to me on a Friday night as I was sitting and saying Aisha's Chayel. And the melody just, just sort of crept up, you know, by surprise to myself even. To say that I was surprised that it took off as it did, I probably was. It, it never occurred to me that this is going to become such a publicly known song. And and sometimes it's interesting. I come home from shul Friday night, especially in the summer days or spring, when the windows are open and I, I can hear people singing Aisha's Chayel. And it sort of gives me a, a lot of pride, you know, to know that there are people sitting around in, in different homes and they're all singing my song. Are there any unusual places, you know, Ladatcha, to your opinion, that you've actually been singing around in different places around the world? 
I haven't been doing too much traveling as far as seeing. I never actually this was not my profession. We have to understand that. I had I I was in business doing other things. It was actually a vocation really. So I didn't I didn't do much traveling as far as singing was concerned. The only pl- place other than in the states here which I also did very little was in Israel. And that was like a period of say about between 1965 and 1980, which I used to travel almost every summer and they arranged concerts and I did concerts with other people. Most of the times it was done together with other people and uh, different performers. And uh, we did it in different parts of the country, of course. We had it in Jerusalem, we had it in Tel Aviv, we had it in Haifa, and even in smaller towns too. You mentioned a couple of times, both about uh, Yerushalayim Ircha and about Eishas Chayel, that the melody, that it just sort of came to you. Was that true with most of the songs that you wrote, or were some of them more uh, a real work of labor? Well, I would say that uh, that's not the rule. In other words, that with composing a song that comes very easy does not happen too, well, too often. I have many songs, some of which are, are really uh, not known because they've never been recorded, that can run like as much as eight, nine minutes, you know, or ten minutes, like L'Chadoidi, uh, which uh, have a different melody for every every segment of it. And that's a song that I probably would run and would, would say it would take you to, to sing about uh, ten minutes or so. Or uh, Koriba in Kolmakadej. These are all longer pieces. And those have to be, of course, they, they just don't come all of a sudden. You know, you have to sit down and think about the lyrics, try to express yourself at that, in other words, that your song should fit the lyrics and the mood of the lyrics. Oh, these these don't come that easily. The smaller songs, I, I, I compose very many, very often uh, songs for different simchas of my own children. Children and Enoch and now Baruch Hashem, even my uh, great-grandchildren. As you look back over all these years of composition, are there any things that you wish you had done differently with respect to music? If you had other choices you could have made with certain pieces or in terms of what was recorded and what wasn't recorded? No, I think I when I when it came to recording, I think I thought it through pretty pretty well. I always had my mind set on certain a certain to create a certain mood, which I did. I don't think I would change that in any way. I mean, all going through all my albums since I started recording. My first recording was in was in 1956. That was a they called the Mujitz Malava Malka. And that was a, a breakthrough actually in Hasidic music. I think there was nobody else that has done anything in that field before. And uh, I would say that I consider myself the pioneer in that field. And almost everybody that came after that was just really following my example to a certain extent. Most musicians talk about their influences, who influenced them, and whether it's uh, you know Jewish music or non-Jewish music. Different people have been influenced by different uh, those who came before or certain contemporaries. What about in your case? Now, I've, I've actually been to one of those uh, Magister Malava Malkas about three years ago, three or four years ago, with your brother, Chaim Baruch. He was gracious enough to take me. You were there. It was a tremendous night of, of wonderful, beautiful music. But as far as what has come down to you and what flows through you as an influence. Can you identify any of those influential streams? Yes, I definitely can. I would say that the biggest influence on my music was the Marjot Rebbe, the Rebbe Scholl. He arrived in the, in the States here in the end of 1940, and I was a, a young boy at the time. I always very, had sung in, in a choir before that, in a, a synagogue choir, so I, I did have the background, a musical background already. But when the Rebbe appeared and, uh, and with his 
personality and of his uh, wealth of, of musical themes. I mean, he was just, I would say he was a genius in that field. And uh, I was exposed to that music at the time, and that was my biggest influence, really. And that's when I started composing, in fact. It was 1941. It was a few months after the Rebbe, Rebbe arrived that I composed my first piece of music. It was 1943, I composed a piece called Hamavdil, which is also very well known. And that was actually the first piece that I composed that really became uh, popular later. <laughs> and of course, I went on later in the later years. Uh, there's a, in 46, it was the Mizmor Ledovid. I composed that in, in uh, Ersusurl. That was, that was my first visit to Ersusurl as a young boy. Just hearing you sing those two fragments... I find stirring because these are songs that have penetrated my own spiritual vocabulary. It's part of my own Avodos Hashem, it's around Shabbos, etc. I'm wondering if anybody else listening had a similar kind of, uh, just, I don't know if we call it a liver shiver, <laughs> but it's certainly very moving. You have given great treasures. You've been a channel, a conduit for great treasures, a great legacy, musical legacy to be given to Claudia Israel. Are there more songs that we haven't heard yet from Ben Sion Schenker? As I said, I only recorded about uh, a quarter of my output, so there are many songs that we have not heard yet. And I'm still hoping to do some recording. Of course, it's a little more difficult now than it used to be when I was a little younger. But I still would like to, in fact, being in Israel now, I hope to, to discuss that with people that I've done work with before. Ben Sion Schenker, you've given us so many gifts. I want to say thank you on behalf of my own heart, my own home, the influence we have in our family from you, and for Claudia Yisrael. Yours is the closing word. What would you like to say? It was a pleasure being on your program. <laughs> And I hope I still can do the things I like to do in the time that's, that's left for me. <laughs> and be well. Pleasure, pleasure talking to you. An honor and a privilege, and thank you very much. In preparation for our interview, Ben Sion Schenker actually composed a special commentary in connection with his beautiful, well-known song, Ve'lushalayim Ircha, which we'll hear in a few minutes. Before that, I wanted you to hear these significant background comments that will, I believe, give you an even deeper appreciation for the song, for the composer, and for the dedication of spirit behind them both. Once again, Mr. Ben-Sion Schenker. Yerushalayim ircha b'rachamim toshuv v'sishkoin b'saycho kashedi bardo uvenei oisa b'koroiv b'yameinu binyan oilom V'chisei dovid avdecho mehiro l'soycho tochin, baruch ato Hashem, boinei Yerushalayim. And to Jerusalem, your city, may you return in compassion, and may you rest within it as you have spoken. May you rebuild it soon in your days as an eternal structure, and may you speedily establish the throne of David, your servant, within it. Blessed are you, Hashem, the builder of Jerusalem. From time immemorial, this poignant prayer is recited three times on every weekday of the year by Jews as part of the Shmona Esrei, the 18 benedictions, also known as the Amida. It expresses our relentless forever longing for the city of Jerusalem to be returned to its rightful owner, the Jewish people. And the days of Mashiach Tzitkenu, the righteous Messiah, to appear speedily in our times. About 40 years ago, shortly after the Six-Day War, I was traveling to Israel for a joyous occasion 
and during the flight, the stewards distributed some Israeli newspapers. I was given one that included an article that described vividly the euphoria that gripped the entire Jewish world over the miraculous capture and return of the old city of Jerusalem and the Kotel, the western wall, the sole remnant of the Beit HaMikdash, the Holy Temple. As many as you may recall, during the War of Independence in 1948, Israel lost the old city. And as a result, the Kotel and its surroundings was left completely abandoned and desolated for 19 years under Jordanian rule. This highly interesting article was my inspiration during my plane trip to Israel and gave me the impetus to compose a compassionful, longing, melodic interpretation of this poignant prayer. In order that I wouldn't forget the melody that came to me with such unusual ease and lacking the music notation paper that was needed, I grabbed a piece of scrap paper and quickly dotted it down on it. Shortly after, when in Tel Aviv, I was invited to a gathering of an organization then known as Agudat Lachan. This was to be sort of a Kabbalat Panim, a welcoming for both myself and for Cantor Joseph Malavani, who had at that time returned from South Africa and was soon leaving to accept a position in London. Lachan was an acronym denoting a group associated with Jewish music, like Chazanim, Malchanim, composers and choir directors whose president was the chief cantor of Tel Aviv at that time, Benjamin Unger, the cantor of the Great Synagogue of Tel Aviv on Allenby Road. The MC that evening was an individual by the name of Baruch Shein, a karyan and an announcer at Kol Yisrael, the national broadcasting station. Mr. Shein, after introducing us, Malavani and myself, turned to me and asked if I have composed anything new recently, to which I replied in the affirmative. He then asked if I would kindly sing it for them, and I complied. It was, Baruch Hashem, very well received, an immediate success. At the evening's close, I was approached by a Tel Aviv cantor, somebody I was not familiar with, who asked if by chance I had the sheet music to this new song, Shalayim Ircha, and I explained that the song was too new for me to have a formal piece of sheet music. Instead, I produced a little piece of scrap paper from my shirt pocket, which I gave to him without hesitation. About ten years later, I participated together with other singers at a concert in Man Auditorium, the Hechel Tarbot in Tel Aviv, at which time I sang, among other things, Lushalayim Ircha. During the mission, I received in the dressing room a strange visitor, someone I didn't recognize. He pulled out with pride a piece of scrap paper, the original notation, that I have given him 10 years earlier. We will now hear my rendition of this song, which I recorded in the 1970s, and now appears on a CD entitled Midor Lidor, From Generation to Generation. Shalom, <laughs> 
interview with Ben Sion Shanker has been brought to you by JewishWorldReview.com. If you desire to deepen your own Jewish knowledge base, we can recommend a weekly one-on-one learning program conducted over the phone between you and a mentor selected according to your interests and level of Jewish literacy. The call and the mentor are free. The learning itself is priceless. To find out more, just point your browser to JewishWorldReview.com forward slash P-I-T. 